Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here, and I can't wait to introduce to you Jacob Hess. There's one true story that all other stories echo, one story that captures everything that it means to be human and showcases the greatest beauty ever seen, the gospel of God's grace in Christ Jesus. It is Jacob's passion to retell this story in everything he does. Jacob grew up in Oregon and became a Christian at a young age, and God has continued to display his faithfulness to Jacob throughout his life, a journey deeper and deeper into grace. Jacob received a Master of Divinity from Western Seminary in Portland, Oregon, and moved to Seattle, Washington, where he works as a minister in the local church. Jacob's years in school grew his passion for writing and reading, but he has always had a love for stories, whether they're told with pen and page or with the rhymes and rhythm of a song. He agrees with J.R.R. Tolkien from On Fairy Stories when he writes, The pot of soup, the cauldron of the story, has always been boiling, and to it have continually been added new bits, dainty and undainty. As humans, we simply cannot seem to escape a need to tell stories, a desire to reach beyond ourselves and connect to the deeper truths of who we are and what it means to live a life of meaning. Our stories inspire us, convict us, and encourage us as we struggle through a world not as it should be. This is what Jacob seeks for his stories to do. He wants to tell new stories built on the tried and true pillars of tales centuries old, stories that connect to our deepest longings and speak to our greatest fears. But most of all, he wants to echo the greatest story ever told, the one true story to which all other stories point, the gospel of God's grace in Christ Jesus. Let's dive into the pond and meet Jacob. Welcome to the Tough Fish. I am so excited to bring to you Jacob Hess. Jacob, I am so glad you are here. Hey, how's it going? Nice Hi. To be, glad to be here. Oh, I'm so glad you are. So I would love for you to start out by sharing with our listeners and our viewers from a YouTube standpoint, but mm -hmm. um, tell a little bit about your background and what helped to lead you to want to write. Yeah, yeah. So um, I actually wasn't a big reader growing up and I and I didn't I didn't really start writing until after college. Um, writing like besides you know doing homework and things like that, you know. Um, because I think in college I really started to read things that really touched my passions and really excited me. Um, and before that books seemed to be just like homework, you know, something that I had to do. So um, when I started reading those, those kind of books, um, and they were really revolved around um, what I was studying in ministry. Um, and because I, I did my undergrad in worship ministry, then I got my master's of divinity. And so when I started reading these books, it really started to excite me. And it really touched back to growing up when I, because um, I was really, um, I, re I really loved stories growing up. I, but that was usually, usually in just, I would just encounter those stories, not through books, but through like movies, TV, you know, like just making things up on my own. And so that the, as I was reading, it kind of touched those passions that I had growing up. And, and I decided that I wanted to start telling a story that really involved some of the things that I, I believe and that I wrestle with and that I want to see, you know, and, and show it through story. And I, I really think stories are, they're really powerful. It's, it's narratives that can capture our imaginations and it's really our imaginations that guide our actions 
and, and really form who we become. And so I wanted to write a story that really, that, that is, talks about these deep things that helps to capture people's imaginations towards the good um, and, and, and does it in a fun way, you know? So that's why I wanted to start writing a story. And so um, I started doing that um, back in 2014 is when I started um, this project that I just released last year. So I've been working on it for quite a while. A lot of, a lot of rewrites, a lot of, you know, well, I'm just going to scrap that whole draft because I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and it took a while to really figure it out. Totally get that. And you said a few things I wanted to touch on, one yeah. of which was that writing felt it, what you didn't necessarily use this word, but the word came to me as cathartic when you're mm -hmm. writing and it's helping you process or it's helping you to um, look at some change of perspective and look at something differently. Mm -hmm. It sounds like the writing you were doing was in serving in that way. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, yeah I would say so. Like even in my studies in school, writing was a part part of my, even, even my relationship with God, like I would, I would write these things that I'm thinking about and, and dwelling on and through writing, I would, could become, I, I could come to a greater understanding and uh, even a deeper relationship, I think with, with God and with others. That's um, really cool. Yeah. That is really, really cool. So you mentioned that also that when you were in school and mm -hmm. you know, the whole reading and, and I totally get it because I can relate. I recollect <laughs> so many times having a book that I had to read right. versus a book that I wanted to read. So was there a particular book that really kind of shifted things for you that you said, this is really cool. This is something I it was almost kind of freeing in a way. Um, I, I can't think of a particular book. There has been books that have been really um, impactful, like Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen is one in particular. Um, that have been impactful, but I think it was just being in that university setting, studying things with others that they cared about and that I also cared about was just a great atmosphere to be in. And I think reading books has been a way to return to that kind of world for me. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned also that you started this, this book that released late mm -hmm. last year, um, back in 2014. So right. that's a, that's a process. That's really, yeah. that's dedication. That's a process. That's some real love going into it. Can you talk about what some of that has felt like? Yeah. I mean, so I, that, and that wasn't, I wasn't working just straight through. There was some times where I took a break and was like, this isn't going anywhere. Like, I don't like what I'm writing. And so I just took like a break for like a year, but, but it, it has been fairly consistent since, um, since 2014. So um, it, it was, it was, I had this idea in my mind of what I wanted to write from the beginning. And, and it's been a continual process of figuring out what that is and how to best um, bring people into that story. Um, and so it, it was a long process. What really helped, helped me was, um, have you ever heard of the story grid? But yeah, but talk about it so that if our listeners aren't familiar with it. Okay. Yeah. So the story grid is um, come up with by an editor named Sean Coyne. He's been in the editing world for like 30 some years. And he wrote this book that helps writers um, edit their own stories. And so I, I read his book, uh, Story Grid, and it really helped me get a new perspective on what I was writing because I knew it just wasn't adding up the way that I wanted to. I knew there was 
the characters weren't as coming alive as much as I wanted to. The story was kind of lagging in some spots. And so um, he helped me to kind of analyze that, have a different lens on the story so that I could um, really tell the story that I wanted to tell um, in a way that was imaginative and more captivating. So that's, that's really, yeah, what I'm was sorry. the turn for me. Yeah, I was. so could you talk a little bit more about, so for instance, when you, when you were going back through editing your mm -hmm. book, did, how did that, could you talk a little bit about how you kind of worked through the dynamic of weaving in this approach while making your yeah. own changes? Yeah, so um, I had, I had a draft at that point that was okay, but not great. <laughs> and so what I did was I kind of just followed his guidelines. I made a, a full cap, which is like your story on one page. I broke it down into, you know, my 15 most important scenes. Um, and, and in the story grid, he, he really focuses on stories through genre, specific genres. So I studied my genre, um, got an idea of what are those kind of main characters, main scenes that need to be in the story to actually fit that genre. Um, and it's not like you're writing just genre literature. It's like creating um, a framework that helps you be more creative. Because, I mean, if, if you can just do anything, then it can be a little debilitating and you might do things that just aren't, you know, great for the story you're trying to tell. So it was helpful to kind of build that fence around what I was doing. Um, and I mean, this is over 100,000 words, like, or yeah, so it's, 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 it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, though. So um, it's a lot to try to like rile in and 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 cre and create something that's actually meaningful so um that that was helpful in that i got the big picture and then i went scene by scene and just kind of analyzed it scene by scene um using kind of some of his different frameworks he breaks scenes down into inciting incident um complications that arise for your characters a crisis where they need to make a decision a climax and then a resolution. So every scene has these different elements. And so I was kind of just analyzing every scene on a more, um, um, it, so, so you get the big picture and then you get the scene by scene work, which is kind of two different ways to think about it. So I did both of those things. And then I actually worked with one of his editors as well. And he helped me to kind of get a better grasp for the genre in particular, which I was, I was writing an action kind of rebellion story. And so um, he kind of get, helped me get a better grasp on the genre and to fill in some gaps that I had. And then, I mean, after that, I felt like it was a pretty, pretty strong draft. So that's when I decided to move towards publishing. That's awesome. That mm -hmm. is so cool, Jacob. So when, now I know part of your story is, it, well, that part the story is set in with the science fiction element to it right. it has sci-fi yes. a part of it mm -hmm. so there's elements of world building that you had to do to yeah. create like you said there were boundaries that you're bumping into to help mm -hmm. your characters kind of have tension and conflict going on yeah. but but how did you think through some of the world building in order to make this place feel real the the world building for me wasn't wasn't the difficult part like, cause, cause I, um, I've been, in, you know, I love Star Wars, you know, and I love Lord of the Rings. And really this book is kind of like a, a Lord of the Rings and Star Wars meeting, you know, 
Um, That's awesome. So, yeah. So I had like a lot of things in my mind that I wanted for the world already when I started writing. So that wasn't the, the most difficult part. The difficult part was like creating a story that's worth following in the midst of this world that I had in my mind. Totally um, get that. Yeah. Totally get that. How did you feel? So when you're writing a book you're, mm-hmm. and you're in that writer author mode, it feels one way, but then when you have to put your own editor hat on, even before you give it to another editor, like you did, right. but you've put your own hat on, how did you help to make that shift so that you felt comfortable making big changes? Sometimes it might be a word. Sometimes it might've been, might've been killing off a character. Sometimes it might've been, I love this scene, but is this scene really working here? Or is it just not doing anything? How did that feel to you to, to go through that? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was, there were some points at which I got really upset because I, I would, you know, be listening to the, these, you know, the story grid methodology and reading the book. And then I'd, I would find that my story isn't working because of these different problems. Um, and I would just get, kind of get frustrated because, you know, that after working on it for so many years and just having to delete a bunch of stuff, isn't, <laughs> doesn't feel great. No. <laughs> um, but I, I'm actually working on my second book now. Uh, it's there's so this is a trilogy. So I'm working on the second one, and the editing process has been a lot smoother this this round because sure. I I started with with a framework already in place, um, and so I haven't had to delete as much. There's been you know things change here and there, but but when I had to bring this this editing mentality to the my first draft of my first story, it was, it was painful at some moments, but um, it was worth it though. I mean, it, it was definitely a better story for all the editing that I did. I think that that is really, really cool. So when you were going through, like you said, those painful parts, right? <laughs> and I've been there, so I get it. I totally yeah. understand. What, what helped you to keep moving forward? Um, I'm, I'm a pretty stubborn person. So <laughs> I'm not love that, that works for you. <laughs> that was definitely part of it. Um, but, but also I think it was just believing in the story that I was telling. So for me, it's not, it, it's not just, I'm not just writing because it's, it's fun. It is fun, you know, but I think what helped me get through those painful moments was, was because I wanted to tell a story that really touched um, to notes of the gospel. Um, and, and I think that's really what our world needs to hear. You know, it, it's not about trying to work our way to God, but how he has worked his way to us through Christ. And so I think that's really what kept me going. Like I wanted, I had to tell this story in a way that, that would hopefully, you know, help people to encounter God in a new way. Um, because I think we live in a very closed world that, that only sees and engages with the things that are right in front of us. And that can become very consumeristic very easily. Um, but like Jeremiah learns through this story that our world is actually haunted by the divine. He's constantly calling out to us um, and he's not far from any one of us. And so I wanted people to see that and to encounter that through his story. I love that you did that. And the fact that you're, so 
what I'm hearing as you've been mm-hmm. as you've been talking and what I read before we we started was okay so we have action adventure so we have action there's some elements yeah. of sci-fi so the fantasy elements that are coming in mm-hmm. because of world building but yet it's there's hope there's optimism but then there's biblical influence as well so yeah. there are multiple pieces coming into play how did you keep all of those that are in some ways different but really coming together through you as only you could tell them how how did you mm-hmm. keep that how did you blend all of that together because i think that's phenomenal yeah. yeah um for me so what was really helpful like i said with the story grid is just focusing on the genre like sci-fi is is basically action it's a basically action genre um um so I just made sure I had the elements that an action story has in it. I mean, and then, then I could easily weave in. So that was the kind of the bare bones of the story. I could easily weave in some of the more world building elements, some of those, um, some of the, I guess, the truths that I wanted my characters to struggle with. Um, I could weave those in through the action that they're doing. So it's not just people talking, you know, or you know, right. people thinking in their heads, like, yeah. Um, our characters need to be doing things. And so the things that they're doing are things that people do in action stories or th- people, things that people do in like the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but they're doing things and encountering truths that I wanted to get across to, to readers. So does that make sense? It, that absolutely does. Because yeah. what I'm also envisioning is if you wanted to plan this a little bit, there's mm-hmm. an element that would say, okay, here's the scene here's what this, you know, the premise of what this is, you know, if it's a, uh, a discovery scene, if it's a fight scene, if it's mm-hmm. a, this person meets this person, how do they meet? But then there could have also had another element or column, if you will, that might say, and we'll get, we're, we're hinting around, or we're going to start to weave in this piece from the gospel or this piece from, mm-hmm. you know, this story that I want to kind of get through yeah. this particular part of this, uh, this story that, that Christ might have told to his mm-hmm. to that's in the Bible because that's how he taught. He taught through storytelling. Right. So sure, you're yeah. modeling that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and every story has a kind of like a main idea, a main kind of controlling idea. And so I try when I when I made my new draft, you know, for my second book, I had that controlling idea better in mind. And so I kind of just let that idea guide my scene by scene work cool and, and so so that the characters eventually get to the end point um that that i had in mind you know they might do different things than i thought they would and but they eventually kind of encounter that that main idea that i put put in from the beginning that's awesome i think that is so cool so how did jeremiah get his name um <laughs> no story there really what? I kind of just yeah I kind of just made it up <laughs> <laughs> that I was, is awesome I was thinking kind of like the prophet Jeremiah and how he kind of struggled a lot with his identity so there I think there's some of that influence um but I mean especially his last name Bradford I kind of just like 
oh, whatever. I think I'll just make it this. <laughs> no, but that's cool because sometimes there is there is a story behind it or that name mm -hmm. stays and then sometimes the character comes along and then you realize that name doesn't fit this character very well i right. need to change the name or ask the <laughs> character like hey what do you want your is this really your name and they might look at you like really <laughs> no <Right. Yeah. laughs> so i like his name and wondered if you know how he came about i thought that was yeah. cool the more that i wrote I, the more i felt like it was a good name but you do realize, yeah. Jacob, we haven't told anybody the name of your book. Tell us. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's called The Bright Abyss. How did you come yeah. up with the title? Um, that was that was kind of a harder process. I, I like I wrote the whole book. I had it ready to publish. And I was like, what am I going to call this thing? Um, because there's like so much, you know, the, like you said, there's so many facets to what it is. Um, and and I work with a lot of themes of like light and dark in the story so i wanted to bring those ideas into the title um and there is there is uh this do, do, are you familiar with john mark mcmillan he's mm -hmm. a he's an artist he mm -hmm. has this song called bright abyss which i really i really liked the way that he phrased that and i thought i could i would be a great book title so i mean thanks it, it was a song title so i didn't steal another book title technically <laughs> so, but i feel like it really fit with what i was what I was trying to say with with my story and um and then I kind of weaved weaved those those ideas even more after titling the story through through the book in the final the okay final so after the title was developed then you did go back through and make sure there was alignment or a comment like almost kind of like sewing a, a needle in a thread and yeah. you're sewing and you're pulling it back going did I tie it back to this am i tying mm -hmm. it back to this so yeah i totally get that and if anyone is just listening on the podcast apparently i have to talk with my hands on this episode so there's <laughs> you know the youtube channel will have the visuals that apparently i'm right. doing as i'm listening and, and engaging in this so maybe that was my fault because I, I think i started doing that and then <laughs> i i do it all the time okay. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a favorite genre you like to read or write? I mean, I know the action, but yeah. you, is there more? Um, so this is my first novel. So, so I, I, I wrote a nonfiction um, kind of ebook that was just about kind of like the philosophy of beauty and that kind of stuff. But I haven't written anything else um, yet. But I do enjoy genre, uh, action genres. So that's, that's my only novel. Um, I. I, I enjoy sci-fi like usually watching as opposed to reading, which is, I guess, maybe just how I grew up watching it and stuff. Oh, good. Re reading, um, I, I like reading the classics like um, like, uh, like um, uh, John Steinbeck. He's one of my favorites. Um, and just kind of more, more books in that realm. Like I just uh, finished Pride and Prejudice. That was, that was good. That was really good. That's like the epitome of love story. Mm -hmm. um, and then I read a lot of uh, nonfiction as well, like James K. A. Smith. I've been reading some of his stuff. Um, he talks a lot about um, like beauty and imagination and how those things are form form us and and that we are formed by um, just the the different liturgies around us. So yeah, I've been reading the, that as well. Um, getting through his books. Cool, cool. So I'm curious. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I, when I talk with writers and even in some of the interviews, uh, we've talked a little bit about like that, I call it the inner editor or that inner critic, mm -hmm. that voice inside that's sitting there going, are you kidding? 
what are you doing? This is not a good idea. Right. Or, or, or worse, that it can also get to you in other ways, like saying, who do you think you are to write this book? You're, mm-hmm. What in the world? You know, are you really good enough to do this type of thing? Right. That voice can be really loud for some people. And I wonder if you might have some suggestions for if you did have to deal with that, mm-hmm. how did you overcome it? And if, even if you didn't face that, what would you advise? Yeah, um, I've definitely had doubts for sure about the story. Like, and it's, I think there's a difference between the editor side and that doubting side because the editor is helpful for your story. He is the one who helps make what you've created beautiful, like more beautiful and more coherent. Um, but there, there is a dark side um, to, I guess, maybe it is the editor mind, but just thinking like this story sucks or I'm not like enjoying um, having to keep working on this and grinding at this. Yeah. Um, I think, I think um, Sean Coyne talks a lot about, about resistance and how we have to all face that. And it's like this thing that's trying to keep us from creating. And I think all of us have to face that in some way. Um, and I mean, for me, like, like I said, it was, like I said earlier, it was really going back to the, the reason why I was writing. Yeah. Um, it's not just for me. It's not just for fun. You know, I think there's an important thing about writing stories because they help to transform us and to make us better and to help us to, to deal with those things that are ugly and gross in this world in a way that's redemptive. And so that's why I wanted to keep writing. Yeah. And, and you, I was like, well, to that voice, I was like, well, I'm just going to keep doing it. You know, <laughs> sometimes Good. you just have to keep doing it. Um, even, even though you have those doubts. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, you, now, as you continue, like it becomes better. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when I use that phrase, inner editor, I'm not talking about the person that you're hiring to help right. you to truly be an editor. I'm talking about right. that little voice inside that's sitting there going, are you kidding? <laughs> Right. Yeah. So yeah, you handled that well. I wanted to make sure I clarified for our listeners. But yeah. So Jacob, this has been so awesome to have you on this show. Would you please tell people how that they can connect with you further and where that they can get the Bright Abyss? Yeah. So the the book is on Amazon for sale. Um, You can uh, check out more stuff at my website, which is jacobehess.com. Um, and if you sign up for my email list, you can also get a free copy of the other book I mentioned, the, the one about the philosophy of beauty, um, for free. So yeah, you can sign up there. Um, and yeah, I got another book coming out and actually an audio book of the bright abyss will be coming out, um, hopefully sometime this year as well. Ooh, how exciting. Are you going to be, are you going to be narrating? No, I have a narrator who's working on it right now and awesome. he can do a lot better job than I can. So <laughs> that's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. It's Jacob. been fun like hearing him bring the characters to life um, with his different voices and stuff. I think he even threw a Scottish accent in there. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So Scots in space, I guess. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. Thank you so much for being yeah. on the show, Jacob. This has been so much fun. Yeah, it's been fun. Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. 
Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilias.com forward slash tough fish.